Before I get started, most people know um, this isn't going to be like a big announcement. The music can set the mood. You know what I'm talking about? Like some of y'all are here because your parents had music to set the mood. I mean, and that's a whole different message. That song right there, though, like if you can't preach after that song, you should, wow, wow. I, anyway, I just, we might sing that one every Sunday for the next six months. I, I don't know. I just, anyway, I just love that song. Today, we finish up our series in Esther. It's a three-part series, so if you missed it, you can go back on Facebook or YouTube or MySpace. Ed, are we on MySpace? No, guess not. So anyway, um, but you can go back on any social, any of our social channels and check out part one and part two. Today is part three of, of pieces, and um, I want to start out just by asking a question. It's not really a question when you know the answer, uh, but this is a question. Have you ever, have you ever said something to someone, and as soon as it left your mouth, like as soon as the phrase or the word or the question or the statement left your mouth, you wished that you could take it back because you knew that that what just come out, what just came out of you was not what you meant to say, and it was going to be taken wrong, and then it was going to be um, used against you, right? Like for, for for example, I had a I had a date in college, which was a very rare occurrence, and um, we, we decided that we were friends, and, and, and she didn't drop that line. Have you ever had this line, guys? Well, we're too good of friends. Oh, so you can't date. Anyway, so, so she didn't drop that line on me, and I went and picked her up for the date, and, and she looked different. Like, she looked, like, really great, which, I mean, she looked great before, but, like, she looked, like, she put effort into it. Like, she looked great, and she did, and her hair looked awesome, and so... So I've always been taught that like if you go on a date and the girl makes an effort and her hair looks good, say something about like you appreciate that or you look nice or whatever. So what I wanted to say was your hair looks nice. That's, that's fully what I intended to say. What came out of my mouth is what happened to your hair. Now, <laughs> Your hair looks nice, and what happened to your hair are two completely different ideas for a woman to, to take in. And so as soon as I said it and saw the look on her face and the tear in her eye, I was like, oh, I mean, what, what, I, what I meant to say was, but it doesn't matter. Could already said what I meant to say. And all of us, all of us, all of us have said something to a brother or sister or mom, a dad, a spouse, a child, a parent, or whatever, that as soon as we said it, we wish we could take it back. On the flip side, every single person watching today, I don't care what your background is, what your ethnicity is, how rich you are, how poor you are, doesn't matter. Everybody watching today has had something said to you that hurt you. You had something said to you by somebody that you cared about or that you currently care about and it, and it hurt you. And one of the biggest lies in the world is this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I'm going to go ahead and be honest. Well, some of the stuff that has been said to me and about me, I would have much rather had the sticks and the stones because the pain associated with sticks and stones are temporary. You can heal from that. But I don't know about you. I can still remember stuff said about me in kindergarten. That stuff hurts. And we, we carry that stuff with us. There's some people watching today that you've, been, you've, you've never been physically abused, but verbally, you've been beaten for years. And, 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 and 
thank you to social media. And I'm not the anti-social media guy. But if you, get, if you go down the rabbit hole of social media and let people that don't know you tell you what a bad person you are, that, that's like you take a beating every time you open your phone. You take a beating every time you log on. You take a beating every time you walk into that situation. And then we come to church. And for years and years and years and years and years, I felt like when I went to church, this was the message. You suck. Get better, go home. And, and eventually, I just got tired of that because I felt like I got beat up every single week. But then I began to discover in the Gospels and in the Scriptures this, that God's heart for us is a blessing, not a beating. That God doesn't want his children to get beat up every week. He doesn't want you and I to let people that don't even know us define us. He doesn't want to speak curses over our lives like other people have. He wants us to actually walk in blessing and in favor. So that's what we're going to talk about today in the book of Esther. Because here's what I know. This, this and we've used this illustration every week, the, the, the puzzle pieces. Like this is what the box is supposed to look like. But when people start telling you things about you that rip you apart, this is what we're supposed to look like, but this is how we feel. And for the people that feel like this because you've been verbally torn apart, listen, by people you really do care about, I want you to understand today that that song we just sang about God's favor in our lives, that's real, that's legit, that's something he wants for every single one of us. So let me do a really quick recap review, and then we'll dive right into the story. We, we're talking about Esther and another character named Mordecai. And the story starts out, they were taken captive from Jerusalem and moved to Persia. And uh, I mean, just had their lives completely fall apart. They're enslaved. Next thing we know, the king, who is Xerxes, gets mad at his wife, banishes her, and then is like, oh my God, I don't have a wife. And then some of his guys came to him and said, hey, we got an idea. Let's like form a harem, and then you sleep with a different woman every night, and the one that pleases you the most, that's the one that gets to be your queen. And the king, I mean, he's a complete pagan. He was like, well, that's, a, that's a great idea. So he kind of goes through the process, poor guy, and winds up with Esther, which that's something we never really talk about is Esther was a sex slave and had a book in the Bible named after her. And it, it's just, I mean, it's crazy how God can use everything for good. It blows my mind. Well, we found out um, that there's a guy in the story, and we're going to talk a little bit more about him today. We talked about him last week, too, named Haman. And Haman wanted to kill all of the Jewish people because he couldn't stand Mordecai, who was Esther's older cousin. And so Haman issued a decree for all the Jews to be killed. Mordecai goes to Esther, who's now the queen, and says, you need to go tell the king um, to put a stop to this. And Esther was like, I can't go into the king because if you go into the king and he doesn't summon you, then you can be killed. And the king hadn't called for me for 30 days. And Mordecai was like, well, maybe this is the reason, Esther, that you're even in this position. And Esther finally goes, you know what? I'm going to do it. And if I die, I die. And then she goes in front of the king and the king welcomes her into his presence. And the last week we talked about, she kept saying, you know, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you what I want later. I'll tell you what I want later. And there's wisdom behind the way Esther approached the situation. And at the end of the story, we found out that God um, completely took care of Esther and Mordecai and bitterness ultimately is what destroyed Haman. Well, we're going to pick up the story this week though. Because 
there was still a problem. This is established early in the story. And the problem was this. In, in chapter 1 of Esther, when the king and his men are issuing the decree about uh, Vashti, who was his wife at the time, this is what said. So if it pleased the king, we suggest that you issue a written decree. A law of the Persians and the Medes that cannot be revoked. Now keep this in mind. In this time period, once a law was a law, it was on the books and it could not be removed. Couldn't. It was a law that you couldn't remove the law, which I guess they could have passed a law. I, I don't know how they did. I just know that once it was said, it was done. And, and by the way, just by the way, just a quick by the way, the words that have been said to you and the words that have been said about you, they don't just go away. They just don't magically disappear, do they? Have you ever had somebody go, oh, you shouldn't let that bother you? What the? Really? Let me kick you in the face and just tell you that you shouldn't let that bother you. It's just a kick in the face. I mean, I mean things that get said to us are always going to bother us, especially when they're said about us. And they can't be undone. Like you, you can't undo, you can't, I wish, I wish to God I could unhear and unread some of the stuff that I've heard and read, but I can. So with that in mind, keep this in mind. This was the law that was actually passed, that Haman passed, or Haman had the king pass about the Jewish people. Watch this. So on April 17th, the king's secretaries were summoned and a decree was written exactly as Haman dictated. It was sent to the king's highest officers, the governors of the respective provinces, and the nobles of each province in their own scripts and language. The decree was written in the name of King Xerxes and sealed with the king's signet ring. Dispatches were sent by swift messengers into all the provinces of the empire. Now, now watch this. Imagine that you're a Jewish person somewhere in the Persian empire, and this happens. Given the order that all Jews, young and old, including women and children, must be killed, slaughtered, and annihilated on a single day. This was scheduled to happen on March 7th of the next year. The property of the Jews would be given to those who killed them. Now, Imagine that. The, that the weight, if you were Jewish and this, this was issued, how would you feel? Cursed? I would feel cursed. If, if, if an if a order was issued tomorrow that said, hey, we're going to kill all white men over the age of 45, I'm a little bothered by that because I'm definitely white, as y'all saw a few weeks ago when I tried to dance, and I'm over 45. This was, this was a curse spoken over the Jewish people. And, and there are people in this room, I'll circle back to this, that you've been carrying a curse that was spoken over you, to you, 
and about you for far too long. The Bible says in Proverbs that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And there are people that have, we are the walking wounded just because of what's been said. In fact, I think way too many of us carry the crush of the curse. We carry the, the, the curse crushes us. And, and we feel like, we feel like this phrase that we've talked about before, but we feel like this phrase, I am not enough. Now you can fill in this blank with just about anything. You can fill out in this blank that this is what we've felt about ourselves. This and some of us, some of us, we don't even actually have to hear the curse. Some of us, we have the, the curse is the voices in our head. Some of us, nobody else really has to beat us up. Satan just got the process started several years ago, and we negative self-talk all the time and talk down about ourselves all the time simply because we think it's normal. So we'll think, well, we, we, like for me, it's like, I'm not smart enough. Like, like if somebody this week, it was so funny. Somebody this week said, you're so smart. And I laughed out loud because I, I I've, never, I've never considered myself smart. I was at a leadership event one time and the, and the leader on the stage was like, if you're ever the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I was like, I never have to worry about that because I'm never the smartest person in the room. And they go, no, 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 no. You get on stage and you talk about the, okay, I work 15 to 20 hours on this talk right here. I'm not smart. I just memorize stuff really, 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 really good. Never felt smart. Never felt smart. You know, that'll happen to you when you get put in a special ed class in the fifth grade and the teacher calls you stupid. But when I went, when I was in elementary school, the, the teachers could actually call you stupid and get away with it. Today they would get imprisoned. But, but, but in back, back a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, when you get called stupid by the teacher, then you don't feel smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I, I know lots and lots of women that really, really, and, and men, by the way, we wrestle with it too. I'm not pretty enough because we, and we buy the beauty product or you know, we buy the, the treadmill or we buy the whatever and it, it doesn't work, it doesn't transform us. We never feel like we're enough. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not godly enough. Have you ever felt like you, you, you're doing okay in your walk with Jesus until you meet somebody else? Or when you screw up and there's that person or those people that always, that, that, that point out how you screw up, right? Or I'm not good enough. There are way too many people watching today that these are the lies you believe about you. They're curses spoken to us and over us by the enemy. And it's not God's will that you and I continue to walk under the curse of the enemy. It's not his will. So, so let's fast forward a little bit because, because Esther... Esther, we saw last week, Esther did the right thing and she went in front of the king, but there's still a problem. This law of the Medes and the Persians that we just read about, it's still intact, in it's still in order. They, they've got to do something about it. So I love Esther in Esther chapter eight, verse three and four. Then Esther went again 
before the king. Now, I want, you to, I want you to notice something. I want you to pause. Like We talked about in week one, the very first time Esther was going to go in front of the king, did she want to do it, yes or no? The answer is no, because she would have been killed. She was scared. She was timid. But here we see her begin to walk in this thing. I'll get to it in just a second. We, we send be, be, to see her begin to walk in confidence. She, Esther went before the king, falling at his feet and begging him with tears to stop the evil plot devised by Haman the Agai against the Jews. Again, the king held out the golden scepter to Esther, so she rose and stood before him. I love the fact that at the beginning of the story, Esther is scared, but now she's walking in confidence. See, at the beginning of the story, Esther's Jewish. The curse that was issued to the Jews was actually spoken over her. But by this point in the story, we see Esther almost saying in her own heart, I will not allow the curse to steal my confidence. And that's one of the things I believe that we as followers of Christ have got to learn. We will not allow the curse that others spoke about us steal the confidence that we have that we are in Christ. I think there are too many times, me personally, we have let the curse steal our confidence that we are children of God. We belong to him. We don't belong to the opinions of a thread of people discussing something on the internet that know nothing about you. They haven't walked in your shoes. They haven't lived your story. They haven't gone through your hell. They don't know the price you paid. And at the end of the day, don't you dare let somebody else steal the confidence that God is speaking into you. And we let that happen when we believe their curse over God's confidence. Man, I... I just, I just hope we can wrap our minds around this because all week long, I've been getting convicted. I've been getting convicted because we let other, what will other people think? Who gives a damn? Really? Really? I'm upset that you said that. I don't give a damn. Like, like, like who cares? Like, who cares? Too, too many people. Too many people, I've, I've seen people, I've seen this happen to people. They'll go through a situation, they'll get better, they get healed, but there are people here that don't need them to be healed. They can't handle their healing. And because they can't handle their healing, they will speak curses over their healing rather than blessings over their healing. And if, they, if somebody is constantly speaking curses over you, trying to pull you back, listen, just... Just walk away. So, so we'll keep on with the story because I've already cussed. So, so this is good. Esther said, <laughs> Esther said, if it pleases the king. Now, notice what she's doing. She's still using wisdom. She's still appealing to the king. Watch this. If it pleases the king, and I found favor with him, and if he thinks it is right, and I am pleasing to him, let there be a decree that reverses the order of Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agite, who ordered that Jews throughout all the king's provinces should be destroyed. For how can I endure to see my people and my family slaughtered and destroyed? In, in other words, Esther's like, we got to reverse the curse. I, I know we can't remove the curse. We, can, we can't... We can't unsay it. We can't unhear it. But we can reverse the curse. And I love the fact, don't miss this, 
Esther doesn't want this for just her. She, I mean, she could have totally played the card. Hey, King, listen, here's the deal. I'm Jewish, and the issue, but if you could just protect me, I got a couple friends, we just kind of pulled them in. Everybody else, no, no. She had a heart for people. This is how you know you're connected with Jesus, is you actually have a heart for people. And you don't want to spend your time like speaking negativity over their lives. You want to spend time encouraging them and building them up. This is why, let me just kind of say this, this is a little side rant. This is a little side rant. I've said this on a couple of Facebook lives and Instagram lives. This is why some, some people right now, you're so freaked out with anxiety and worry. Here's why. You're spending way too much time watching the news, and the news is doing nothing right now except speaking curses over everybody. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. But pretty soon we're all going to be walking around like freaking Darth Vader just going to Walmart. I mean, I have to use the force to get the toilet paper and pull it to you. I, I, we have lost our freaking minds. And this is what that will, I have to be informed. Well, just look at it once or twice a day because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, they don't change anything. They just say the same thing. We're all going to die. We're all gonna, okay, maybe we're not going to die. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear a garbage bag. Don't wear a garbage bag. I, they, they, they can't figure it out. I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. The reason I'm so laid back, the reason I'm so laid back, I just don't want, I, just, I, I am not going to allow negativity to hijack my mindset. Your mindset belongs to you. And if you allow negativity to hijack your mindset, you have nobody to blame except for you. Let's just, let's just stop that. Let's just stop it. So anyway, wasn't even part of the whole Darth Vader thing. I don't even know where that came from. Here we go. Then King Xerxes said to Queen Esther and Mordecai, the Jew, I have given Esther the property of Haman. He has been impaled on a pole. <laughs> Talk about a bad day. Um, because he tried to destroy the Jews. Now, watch this. Go ahead and send a message to the Jews in the king's name, telling them whatever you want and seal it with the king's signet ring. But remember that whatever has already been written in the king's name and sealed with his signet ring can never be revoked. Once again, you can't unhear. You can't unread what somebody said to you or about you. So how do you deal with this? How do you deal? I mean, it's, it's legit. How do, you, how do you deal with this? Well, Esther and Mordecai, as we talked about last week, asking God for wisdom, we, we even covered it in week one. Watch what they do that is so brilliant and, and so what we need in our society today. They didn't try to undo anything. I, none of us, once again, can undo what's been said and done, but watch what they did. So on June 25th, this is the day before my birthday, by the way, in case anybody's taking notes. So on June 25th, the king's secretaries were summoned and a decree was written exactly as Mordecai dictated. 
It was sent to the Jews and to the highest officers, the governors and the nobles of all the 127 provinces stretching from India to Ethiopia. So this is a big empire. The decree was written in the scripts and languages of all the peoples of the empire, including that of the Jews, because these were the people that were under the curse. Now watch what happens. This is great. The decree was written in the name of King Xerxes, who, by the way, just, just, here's, a, here's just a side note. In that culture and in that society, King Xerxes had the name that was above every name. I know somebody who has a name that is above every name. And what he says really does matter. Then Bible Boy 147 on Instagram. I just made that up. I don't even know if he's real. The decree was written in the name of King Xerxes and sealed with the king's signet ring. I just the the, the name of Jesus, his words are sealed with a bloodstained cross in an empty tomb. It just, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just better. It's just better. Mordecai sent the dispatches by swift messengers who rode fast horses, especially bred for the king's service. Watch this. The king decreed and gave the Jews in every city authority to unite to defend their lives. In other words, hey, it's time to come Together, I think that's what the body of Christ needs to do in society today is come together because while the world is trying to speak, I'm not even going to go there. I can't. No, 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 no. I'm going to go there. I got time. I got time. I got time. I got time. I read the other day in a New York Times article that this whole coronavirus thing is the fault of evangelical Christians. It's our fault. I'm like, dad gum. And as soon as they started talking about that, I was like, you know what? I'm not even, I'm not even reading that. I'm not even going to read it. But then I did. But then, but, but, but then, but then I dismissed, dismissed it. You know why? Because I don't have to receive what other people say about us as a group. It's time for us to unite. We all have differences, but at the end of the day, we celebrate what we have in common next week, a bloodstained cross, an empty tomb, a risen Savior standing above everyone and everything, and that's the one thing we can all agree on. I mean, Christ is greater than coronavirus. I mean, I just, I just is. That's a good tweet right there. If anybody, I don't think anybody does Twitter anymore. So, so they were allowed to kill, slaughter, and annihilate anyone of any nationality or province who might attack them or their children and wives and to take the property of their enemies. So this was the message. We can't undo what's been said about you. But if you guys will come together and unite, you're stronger. You're stronger than those who are coming against you. And if we would come together as a body and unite, we're so much stronger than the negativity spoken into the world, spoken into you. What would happen? What would happen? What would happen? Just just a thought. What would happen? Because we're in quarantine, so we got time. If you just text five people, you know, by the way, you know that's the reason churches can't meet right now? 
It's because there are too many pastors going, hey, touch three people and tell them. And, and if you start touching three people, then everybody's got coronavirus. So you can't touch three people. So, so don't, I'm not telling you touch three people. I'm saying, why, what if you just texted three people before, before, within the next hour? And you just said, listen, I hadn't told you lately, but I love you, and here's why. Would it make a difference? Absolutely. What if you just sent somebody, just, listen, it don't have to be a book, just a short email. Just want to let you know, sure am thankful for you and all you've done for me and my family. What if, what if, what if you did that? Because this is what some people are saying. I don't have anybody to encourage me. Well, if you're not getting it, go ahead and give it. Because sometimes you got to give it to get it. I'm not talking about money. I'm not, we're not going, I'm not going to health and wealth right now. I'm just saying, if you want encouragement, be an encourager. Because I promise you, when, like, if I'm talking about it right now, and I'm saying, what if you encourage three people? What if you just let three people know that you love them? And people are popping in your mind? Let me help you. That's the Holy Spirit of God laying that person on your heart. Don't procrastinate that. Go ahead and let them know. I love you. Freaking love you, man. You're awesome. Tell them why. That's what happens when we, when we come. We have the ability to encourage one another. And, and I'm the worst in the world at this. I'll be like, man, I need to text so-and-so and tell them I love them. I forget all about it. Don't you? Don't you? But boy, you let me get in a text fight. You ever been in a text fight? Thumbs going just crazy. Autocorrect will mess you up in a text fight. I ain't going to talk about that right now. Anyway, today chosen for this event was throughout all the provinces of King Xerxes was March 7th of the next year. A copy of this decree was issued as law in every province and proclaimed to all peoples so that the Jews would be ready to take revenge on their enemies on the appointed day. In other words, they felt like this had gone to this, but all of a sudden these pieces started coming back in place because they had been cursed by the enemy but then they get blessed by the king. Oh, that, that's me and that's you. We've been cursed by the enemy, but we've been blessed by the king. Now, some people are like, well, is this really a big deal? Is this a big deal? Let's watch how they react. So, they, so urged on by the king's command, the messengers rode out swiftly on fast horses. That's the second time fast horses were mentioned. In other words, this message has got, this encouraging message has got to get out as, as quickly as possible. Bread for the king's service. The same decree was also proclaimed in the fortress of Susa. Then Mordecai left the king's presence wearing the royal robe of blue and white, the great crown of gold and an outer, outer cloak of fine linen and purple. In other words, Mordecai was dripping, all right? And the people of Susa entered, the, and the people of Susa celebrated the new decree. In other words, they're, they're, getting, they're getting pretty excited about it. The Jews were filled with joy and gladness and were honored everywhere. What That should describe people that belong to Jesus. Filled with joy and gladness, not filled with anger and madness, right? Joy and gladness. That's what we should be known for. People have asked me, period, period, what happens? This whole coronavirus, what happens, period, if you get coronavirus? I'm like, me? What happens to me? I die. And if I die, I'm with Jesus. And if I'm with Jesus, I win. Don't, just, oh, don't feel sorry. Like, I'm with Jesus, I win. I win either way. 
I get to stay here, I win. I get to go, I win, I win. If you are a follower of Christ at the end of the story, no matter how jacked up our story might be, we win because we are on team Jesus. That's something to celebrate. They're celebrating in the story in every province and city, wherever the king's decree arrived, the Jews rejoiced and had a great celebration. That's what our church services should be. Great celebration, not great condemnation. Great celebration because God is speaking a blessing over us, not trying to give us a beating each and every Sunday. This is what, well, you know, sometimes some people need a beating. Oh my God, that's why you have no friends. That's why you are Bible Boy 147. Anyway, and declared a public festival and holiday. And many of the people of the land became Jews themselves. For they, fe- <laughs> I love that. For they feared what the Jews might do to them. In other words, th- this was a thing. This was a movement because they went from condemnation to celebration. I think that's what we as a church as people of Christ need to understand is you are not what the enemy said about you. You are not what they said about you. You are what you are who God says you are. And God says you, you are like when it comes to salvation, God says you are a child of God. You are unconditionally loved. You are automatically accepted into his family, not because of what we've done, but because of what God has done. We are saved, and because we are saved, we are his. Not only do we have his salvation to celebrate, but we can celebrate his strength that God in us enables us to do immeasurably more than anything we could ask or imagine. We have strength to make it through tough times. We have strength to make it through COVID-19. We have strength to make it through whatever the economy is going to do. We have strength because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. And at the end of the day, we have his song where he says, I want to bless you and keep you. I want my face shining on you. I want my favor in you and over you. We have songs to celebrate over and over and over again. So there's nothing There's nothing I can say to take the pain away of those who have been hurt and wounded and beat down by the words of others. But what if we paused and just replaced the words of others with the words of Jesus? May his favor be upon you and your family and your children and your children for a thousand generations. May he go with you and he is for you and he never leaves you and he never forsakes you. What if, what if we began to believe the blessing rather than the words that bring the beating? I believe it would change our attitudes. I would believe it would change our churches. I believe it would change our nations if we just knew that his favor was upon us, that his favor is upon us, his favor is upon us.